The structure of the program itself, the fact that it's every other weekend or twice a month, makes that commute so manageable because especially Chicago, there's some other schools there. Why not go to one of those schools? And with the amount that I travel, doing an evening program doesn't make sense for me right now. And if I were to do a weekend program, those schools are every single weekend. So it's absolutely worth the commute for me. Absolutely. Are you ready? Welcome to Working for the Weekend, a podcast about the everyday hustle to one day hopefully enjoy a weekend. I'm Al Mustafa, and every episode I'm joined by a group of my MBA classmates to discuss the delicate balancing act that a part-time MBA entails. As you already know by now, if you've been listening to this podcast, it's Friday night, we're on a dinner break between our classes, and we wanted to get together to share a bit of our MBA experience with you. For today's dinner... I'm joined by a few of my classmates to discuss a topic that many of my colleagues have to strategize around while pursuing the Ross MBA. The topic tonight is travel. How does one who lives outside of Michigan or lives in Michigan but travels quite a bit for work juggle work, family, and school responsibilities? I mean, how do they manage it all? Before we get to our discussion, though, if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with a question or comment, you can reach us via email at weekendpod at umich.edu. That's weekendpod at umich.edu. Trust me, I read those personally. I love getting them. The feedback is phenomenal. It makes sure that we are kind of on point with some of the topics that we discuss. Also, if you've been listening to our show and are enjoying it, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Whether it's five stars or a written comment, your reviews really help other people find the show. So leave us a review. Okay, let's jump right in. Why don't we go around the room and have each of you briefly introduce yourselves, the MBA program you're in, and what industry you work in. Who'd like to start? So hi, I'm uh, I'm Steve Grove. I'm in the uh, the weekend MBA program in my second year. Um, I work for a government contractor. I'm an, I'm an engineer. We kind of work in the you could say the energy uh, industry. We work for both the Department of Defense and the Department of uh, Energy. So my name is Mara Whitman. I'm a in the weekend MBA program in my first year. I work in human resources and I'm with a manufacturing company. I'm Sriram Pakam. I work on the motorsports side for Ford, so designing race cars. And I'm in the weekend MBA program, MBA 2. Cool. Uh, my name is Alok Akolkar. My home base is in Chicago, and I work in the customer loyalty space. I specialize in business intelligence and data analytics, currently working for a Fortune 500 retail firm. So background-wise, or location-wise, actually, who lives where? I know, Alok, you mentioned Chicago-based. Uh, um, this is Steve. I'm, I'm uh, based out of Albany, New York. So. I'm also based out of Chicago. Oh. <laughs> and I am in Royal Oak, Michigan, which is pretty much local. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a Michigander, so I will probably be doing more of the questioning rather than the answering in this episode. But... For this episode, I also had the wonderful opportunity, an incredible first for our podcast, to interview a peer in the online MBA program. I also asked him to introduce himself. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, uh, my name is Chris Lee. Um, I work 
uh, at uh, a group called Verily Life Sciences. We're um, a subsidiary of Alphabet. Um, so my industry, I guess, is biotechnology. Um, I am uh, just in my first, I shouldn't even say first year, my first month of the online MBA program uh, with Ross, and I'm having a blast so far. I asked Chris to provide an overview of the online MBA format, where the cohort is taking their first class in financial accounting. So there are two main uh, types of, um, I guess, like content that you take in during uh, the course of an online program. There's something called synchronous uh, sessions, and then there's asynchronous work. So the synchronous part is um, when you're having a, a true live class uh, with your cohort. We're the very first online cohort that started together. Um, they broke us down into two groups. One group uh, does like a, an earlier session, one group does like a later in the day session. Uh, and then essentially um, we meet uh, via, I can't remember what the tool exactly is called, but it's um, it's kind of like Google Hangouts or Meet. I know my Google products well, right? Uh, but essentially, uh, you're all online at the same time. It's actually pretty phenomenal the way the technology works. Um, all everyone is asked to have their cameras on, but their mics muted. And uh, you see Dr. Miller standing in, in this virtual classroom where he's able to project kind of like on CNN, like the graphics behind him and stuff, and it looks pretty sleek. But then you also see like you know, 40-some faces behind him, and that's all of us. So I think in terms of the content and the the learning, right, um, I, it's really uh, richer than I had um, thought it would be, right? Like, so that, well, speaking about the sort of synchronous part, but the asynchronous portion is a lot of where the, the work work gets done, where you're, like, really uh, battling with the... Um, academic content and absorbing it and figuring out how to do it at your pace. Um, the asynchronous stuff, uh, he'll break down the class into um, maybe like a half dozen modules, like five, six, seven modules of um, um, like, let's say one of them will be uh, solely about balance sheets and another one's about the income statement. The other one's about cash flow. The other's about inventory. Um, and then it's up to you to decide like, yeah, I had to get a sense of how long is each module going to take. And I realized that most of them take a little bit under three hours if you're lucky too and you're really on top of it. Yeah, between them are some quizzes and problem sets and things like that. And early in when they're assigned, um, you have to kind of figure out, am I going to uh, uh, be able to finish all of them if I promise myself I'll finish one module per day? essentially. And then if you follow that format, you tend to find, oh, I have a little uh, extra time at the end of this week. That's great. But inevitably, life gets in the way, and then one module ends up taking two days instead of three, and your whole calendar gets pushed. To kick things off in the room, what keeps you motivated to drive or fly in every other weekend? So it's a little bit different for me than from these guys. Um, I don't have to do this every weekend, but I travel a lot for work. So there, there have been times when I fly in from a you know, 3.30 flight and then come straight to class. And really the motivation is to just make sure I am sitting in class and a huge part of the MBA is your peers in class and the discussions facilitated by the peers. So I really try hard to make it back just because of that. So where are you typically flying in from? It could be different test tracks or 
We have another office and test facility in Charlotte, North Carolina, flying from there. Last year, I had scenarios where I was giving my finals and doing classes in Australia for work. So, that, yeah, it's literally anywhere. <laughs> yeah, two things motivate me, actually, Mawa, I would say. Firstly, you know, uh, getting out of my house uh, is a big thing. Like, you know, I'm not in a consulting role, so just getting out. Uh, in a different state and the opportunity to network with our fellow students, classmates in the weekend program. Uh, because like I meet someone from New York, like Steve is from New York. I meet someone from um, Florida. Dong, my uh, teammate is from, is from Florida. So just that chance to uh, get to know people from various industries and learn from their experiences really excites me. And, you know, I, I actually look forward to that traveling part. Yeah, I'll expound upon that in terms of getting out of the house. Um, it's sort of a guilty pleasure I get every other weekend, having three kids at home. God bless my wife. Um, Do listen to the parenting episode, by the way, where Steve does a great job. Yeah, so hopefully she doesn't Breaking listen to this down. episode in particular. Um, but it is nice to get you know a couple, a day and a half or so um, just to be able to focus on this stuff and get some, spend some time around adults. It's kind of nice. Um, so I, I, you know, I enjoy again. I, I don't get to travel at all for work. I'm kind of stuck in my one spot right now. Uh, so I, you know, I enjoy the travel aspect of it. I like being being here. So I actually enjoy the time that I spend commuting, which is something I never thought I was going to say. I think when I accepted uh, the program at Michigan, I thought, "Am I crazy? What did I sign up for?" Um, but most of the time that I travel, I take the Amtrak, <laughs> and so it's four to five hours from Chicago, and there is Wi-Fi. So I find that that's time when I could just head down, get a lot of really you know, uninterrupted, productive work done. So I actually really value that time. That's actually gotten a lot better for me. Like I couldn't concentrate on flights and stuff before. I'd just you know, get drunk and start watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot better and more, more functional. Like you guys are referring to, you just become more you know, highly functioning travelers where you really use that time much better than mm. you used to. Yeah, when you think yeah. about it, if you've got Wi-Fi, you're doing the same stuff you probably would have done at home, but yeah. you're on your way to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> you've gotten better at focusing on the yeah. move. So when, when did you actually start thinking about the logistics uh, about getting to, staying in, and getting around Ann Arbor? Like, was it when you were first applying, when you got accepted, when the first day of class rolled around? You take it one weekend at a time. I started thinking about how I was going to get here before I even applied. Oh. Um, because actually I was not considering Michigan until um, my uncle mentioned, you know there's an Amtrak that goes right there yeah. and there's Wi-Fi and you can just work from the train. Nice. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a game changer. So that's, that's when I actually started to apply. Um, but in terms of where I was going to live, I didn't do anything with that until I was already accepted, which in hindsight might have been a little risky, <laughs> but it all worked out. So. I can actually narrate my experience about, you know, how I started about thinking where or, you know, with like planning all the logistics. Um, so we have our part-time uh, admissions director, co-director, and Sean, who had started the Google email chain. Um, and when I introduced myself, like within two minutes, I got a call from one of our classmates, Addie, uh, Adi Dhagat, he, he used to live in Chicago at that time. And he, he was like, he started that conversation. Hey, like, why don't we buddy up and, you know, we can travel together. Uh, we can, you know, if we, if you're okay, like we can probably, you know, share a hotel room. So that's how we uh, started with our planning process. 
that speaks. That, that, I know, I do too, right? Everybody posting their pictures, yeah. talking about who they are. And, <laughs> right before we ever met. But like, that really speaks to our like cohort vibe, right? It's just so strong, and you're really this one big knit, close-knit family. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, um, I always knew there was, close to me, there were others, there was a couple of, of, um, of highly ranked business schools, but there was always going to be at least, at the least, a two or three hour trip to any of them. So living in Albany, you're either looking at going to Boston um, or going down to the going down to the city, maybe going to Cornell. Like those are the closest ones. So there's going to be a trip anyway. Um, and then I start to factor into the cost. Um, I'm funding a lot of my education through uh, the GI Bill. So if anybody's out there as a veteran, it's a fantastic program. Michigan is one of the standalones in that. If you uh, if you are fully eligible for the GI Bill, they'll pay for everything. Um, so even the gap between where the, the VA funding ends um, and what the, your full tuition bill is, the University of Michigan will, will fund that gap by using the Yellow Ribbon Program, so it's fantastic. You also get a living stipend um, that goes along with that, which was very helpful in me determining. I knew like what my budget was for um, you know, flights and uh, hotels and stuff like that and you know, lifts and whatever other kind of uh, ancillary transportation I had. Uh, so once I, you know, once I knew that number, I was able to start looking at, you know, budgeting all those things out. And there is some variation, you know, if you're trying to get a hotel around during football season, good luck. Stay in here within 20 miles of Ann Arbor. Um, but yeah, so that helped me a lot with playing a lot of that stuff. Any thoughts from you? Um, well, so for me, I, I knew I was traveling, but I just didn't take into account how bad it would get. Like, I, I, I had no idea. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just adjust work travel. And then all of a sudden, obligations like test dates or, you know, things you don't really get to rent often, they come up at work and you end up trying to do both things at once. And so I, I didn't account for it beforehand, no. But you're doing a good job juggling it all now, right? Uh, good is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> so what about our online students? Do they have to come to campus at all? So here is what Chris had to say. So I have not been to campus as an enrolled student. Uh, it's definitely a place that um, we go to uh, when we visit my family. So uh, we got to make a stop at Zingerman's and, uh, you know, we wander around the campus from time to time, uh, that sort of thing. But I've, I haven't you know, had the pleasure of having my M card around and being able to, you know, explore the campus even deeper uh, in um in January, which is when I'm slated to go, uh, there's, I think, what's called the Leadership Challenge, or I think that's what the program is. It's one of the uh, kind of immersive uh, like weekend-long events that um, I think most of the MBAs have to go uh, go through. And then um, that we'll be invited to do that, and that's our first, like, um, opportunity to be on campus. Um and uh, after that, I want to say the next time they alluded to was uh, somewhere in the football season next fall. And I'm not sure what the uh, challenge will be or whatever it is, but uh, there's been a lot of talk about being able to attend a Michigan game. And it won't be during this season, but in the next one. And here the, the Wolverines are, you know, they, they can use some work, so maybe they'll get even better next year. So. I also asked Chris about what teamwork was like in the online MBA and whether he's able to meet up with other MBA students. So in accounting so far, we have not had any sort of, um, what's it called, group group work outside of the class. But there is a lot of discussion that happens during the synchronous sessions. And you, I think you do get to know the, some of the personalities on the class pretty quick, which is fun. Um, 
I would say, uh, in terms of like us getting together and like getting to know each other, there, there is like a Slack channel that, um, is, um, being used on and off. Sometimes people will, um, post a picture of like a, a Rosh t-shirt they got or like an, a recent visit to Ann Arbor or something. But I found that, that that's not the same as like attending a happy hour with one of your classmates, right? And like really getting to know them in that way, which I do think is a part of the experience that it's just different between the online and in-person um, versions of this. So for those in the room, are there other WNBAs? We just established that there are <laughs> right here in the room. Uh, where you're from, and do you find time to study or hang out together? Yeah, I think we talked about earlier that email chain that goes on before the program even starts, and a couple of us identified that we were in the Chicago area. So before the program even started, I was able to meet up with some people, which which was great because I was able to walk in on day one already having a network. Um, and but apart from that, we've we've met up a bit. I think because I'm in my first year, it's just the second term for me so far. We're still all trying to balance how we're managing work and school together. But we've met up a couple times. Yeah, I did meet up with a couple of folks from our uh, weekend program. Uh, one of the persons from my team in the fall semester last year, when I started the program, used to travel to Chicago for I think family reasons. Um, so he made up made it a point to you know meet up with me and discuss some of uh, some of the deliverables so that was really nice and as i said addy uh, when he used to be in chicago like we used to meet all the time so that worked out really well for me did he shift over to ann arbor now no i think he uh, his role requires him to relocate every now and then so oh. currently he's in i think kansas kansas, oh, wow. kansas. wow that's, yeah. that's even further away yeah. Yeah. that's a big move <laughs> yeah he has been to almost every midwestern cities i can think of yeah. wow. the crank <laughs> No, I mean, so I, you know, I'm probably the only person from the, specifically from the Albany area. There are some folks um, from Boston. I haven't had a chance to meet up with them yet, but I did randomly meet up with, um, well, he met up with me, um, uh, first year WMBA student, Dan Meeks. He um, randomly just saw me because he saw me <laughs> on the flight. And whenever I'm like going to school, when I'm wearing this, I'm wearing my U of M hat. I wear it the whole time. I, I don't think people even know what my hair looks like. Um, I wear it all the time. So he just randomly grabbed me when we were at Ross. He's like, hey, were you on the 6 a.m. flight from Albany this morning? I was like, um, yeah, what's up, dude? And so, you know, so now it's great because, you know, we talk to each other. We get to split, you know, we'll, we'll split, you know, rides to the airport and stuff like that. We haven't had a chance to meet up yet because this, this was like two weeks ago, you know, of all the most random places in the world. But, yeah, so. It must be like airports must be the number one place that I've seen random meetups, right? Yeah, Where, like yeah. In our, one of those uh, snaps from O'Hare, like I think Kelly yeah. and someone else. They yeah, yeah, Dan. Dan. Yeah. Dan, Dan, right? Yeah. 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 It's kind of a captive audience, right? Everybody can see And since you're traveling all over the world, it's yeah. probably like you need to identify who lives where and whether or not you can potentially just... Yeah, I, I never actually run into anyone. It's just because my locations are never the same, and it's never the same kind of flight schedule. So I, I never actually run into anyone, but stay in touch with everyone all the time, yeah. right? Group yeah. me. And then once we're all alums, I mean, reaching out to the alumni network, I'm sure, mm -hmm. is going to be another mm -hmm. fun thing to tap into. So what's, what's your commutes like? I know the Chicago individuals here have spoken a little bit to that, but if, can you elaborate a bit on what the actual commute is, is like? 
Sure. So I talked a little bit about the Amtrak. It's like four to five hours. Um, there's Wi-Fi, which can, which is very nice. I have tried the Megabus also, which has some convenient times, but I'm not as big of a fan because the time I was on it, there was no Wi-Fi or power. Oh, so no. that was kind of <laughs> the experience for me a little bit. Um, I also travel, right now I'm traveling about one week out of every month. So for a little bit, I was aligning that travel with the class weekends. And so I would fly from Memphis to Detroit. Um, So I feel like I've I've taken just about every mode of transportation apart from boat. (laughs) Yeah, basically I was going to say that. I've tried so many permutations and combinations of traveling from Chicago to Ann Arbor. So I have come up with this formula, like winters take the uh, Amtrak so that I don't, uh, you know, risk winter driving. Summer or fall, I will drive. So currently I'm just driving. It takes me about the same time as Amtrak does, four hours straight uh, door to door. So, And when Addie was around, we used to carpool. uh, I mean, we used to choke, laugh, you know, have uh, discussions about our case studies, whatnot. So, uh, yeah. Your classmates. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, one thing I should add to you actually about for, for me with the Amtrak times that's very convenient is I'm able to leave at uh, 7.20 in the morning central time on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then I leave Ann Arbor at 7.06 p.m. on Saturday. So even with commuting so far, I'm really only gone one night. So as much as when I talk to people who haven't don't know very much about the commute, usually their reaction is, oh, my gosh, it's so long away from home. But really, it's not. It's probably about the same amount of time I would spend away from home if I were going to be in a local program. And talking about the actual stations, the station for Ann Arbor, I mean, there's literally an Amtrak station in Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor, yes. Yep. So how do you get from this train station typically to the school? So it's not walkable, at least not with suitcases. Right. <laughs> I usually just Uber. I do too, and it's usually like five dollars. Right. It's a really, it's a quick ride, pretty cheap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, again, of, of all the random things, I think when I initially started um, flying out here, I would fly. I'd use Southwest Airlines, and they have a. I'd always take a layover either in Baltimore or Chicago, and that ended up being around a four or five hour trip. Um, but then, of all things, Delta has a direct flight from Albany to <laughs> to Detroit, which is like, why am I not taking this flight? So that's actually like, it's like an hour, like, that, that's only like an hour, hour 15, you know, so that makes it like a really, really easy trip for me. And it's good because I can get home Saturday nights, too. Um, so my wife is grateful for that. Right. Yeah. I'm actually at home for dinner on Saturday nights. Oh, so nice. my family is really happy about it. Like, in, like you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know skepticism, like, you know, what's going to happen, now I'm going to travel, but even I have two kids, so, you know, everyone was a little concerned, like, how, how are we going to manage, but so far, it has been a breeze, I would say. Yeah, because, if, yeah, yeah, even if I were in one of the Chicago schools, say, for example, uh, and if I was in, a, in an evening program, I would anyways end up being at school uh, on Friday nights and uh, wake up and go for classes on Saturday morning, so pretty much I'm not spending any quality time at home anyways, so... Um, this has worked out really uh, well for me and my family. Yeah, that's it, it, the structure of the program itself. The fact that it's every other weekend or twice a twice a month makes that commute so manageable. Because yeah, you know, especially Chicago, mm-hmm. right? There's there's some other schools there that that won't be named. <laughs> and then, well, that's usually what other people ask right. is why not go to one of those schools and. If with the amount that I travel, doing an evening program doesn't make sense for me right now. 
And if I were to do a weekend program, those schools are every single weekend. Every so single then I have oh, yeah. no life. Right. Plus, the, the program lasts longer, too. Exactly. Yeah, so it's absolutely worth the commute for me. Absolutely. The one-hour difference probably also helps yep. when yeah. you get home. <laughs> That's how I make it for dinner on Saturday nights. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you guys stay on residency weekends, and what other options have you tried, if any? So I'm usually in, and there's, there's a large block of hotels, you know, maybe two miles south of, of the main campus. So take your pick of whatever, fill in the blank, and they're all there, packed within like, you know, one block. I don't know how they're going to fit any more in there, but they always try. Um, and you can usually get, you, if you talk to the people at the hotel, you can get a, a group rate, you can, you know, and they'll usually they'll book you out for the whole year. Um, with, and they say with the exception of, 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 home games for football mm-hmm. but even sometimes i've known some people who have they've just booked them anyway for a, at a normal rate and they've you know they've made out like gangbusters on that so um talk to people who are either in the program already or just call the the hotels and they'll usually give you that group rate um i thought i have found myself in some situations when it comes into recruiting um if i'm recruiting or i'm coming out for corporate presentations i might stay out by or, or if it's a football weekend and i can't find a hotel room in town i'll stay out by the airport because that way it's just a, you know i'm right there so if I have to stay overnight, I can take the first flight in the morning. I'm right there. So that's another option, too. Not ideal, but. I'm very spoiled. So <laughs> when. Tell us how. When all those emails were going around it, with everyone in the class introducing themselves, saying where they're from, one of the women in my program sent an email saying, I had been thinking about renting out my room for Airbnb, but when I see how many people are actually coming in from out of town, I'd rather rent it to someone that I know. And so I immediately sent this email (laughs) of introduction, and I was lucky enough that um, we agreed it would be a good match. So um, I I do, I pay her, um, but it's a little bit less than what it would be for a hotel, and the rates don't go up for football weekends. (laughs) Um, And it's a it's a great it's a great opportunity for me to get to know someone who's also in a different section from me. Um, so I'm oh. very, very spoiled. That's really <laughs> awesome. I was trying to, you know, figure out some kind of uh, um, accommodation like that, but I couldn't. So I ended up, like, you know, using one of those group discounts for one of those hotels on State Street. Yeah. Well, what I didn't realize is actually a lot of people who even live in Michigan, a lot of people in the Detroit area also stay in hotels, too. Mm, right. So right. You're, you're in pretty good company, even as someone from out of state. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people who stay, even people who are relatively close will stay in those hotels because it's nice, it's convenient, especially on Friday night, to be very, very close to school. People will go out, have a few drinks afterwards. It's nice just to be yeah. close. So. No, I mean, I, I've done it too. I'm supposed to be local, but there's some weekends when I've just gotten in from a trip and come straight here. I, I don't want to drive around and I just stay. I've actually done the same exact thing, and I'm not very far from here, but there have been weekends, whether it was weather-related, where I did not want to drive all the way back home and then drive back the next morning, or whether it was just I did not want to get into the house with my kids there, and then the next morning sort of (laughs) bump into them as I'm waking up and, (laughs) you know, focus on actually coming in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So uh, how do you guys actually juggle the course load working full-time and traveling? I mean, uh, Ram, you had mentioned that you had to, you had to take some of the finals from yeah. Australia. So, like, how what's that experience like, and how it's, did you manage? It's not pleasant because <laughs> <laughs> you're jet-lagged and you have long work days, right? You, it was like 12, 13-hour days because they send you out for a reason. 
And so you're not just hanging out. And then at the end of that, I, I came back and I was taking, you know, finance, finals and stuff. This was all like last December. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really hard because you're kind of shifting priorities throughout the day from work to then, you know, prepare what you can and then give the finals. And yeah, it was helpful because um, the professors would understand. And so one or two cases I had to get an exception because you're in a weird time zone and mm-hmm. everything's all messed up, right? So they were pretty accommodating in some cases. They would extend the deadline by a few hours. And so, yeah, just worked with my professors and worked with my team. Um, like a lot of guys on my team um, helped me out quite a bit. In terms of managing workload, school um, school load, family commitments, I mean, it's all about, you know, communicating effectively within, like, mm-hmm. family, at work, you know, at, within our team here at the at the business school, right? So as long as, you know, you're communicating clearly about, you know, what, what's on your plate right now and, you know, delivering on uh, what you're supposed to be working on, um, I think, you know, that helps you, you know, keep your own sanity, if you will. Yeah, I'll probably just say the only thing that really distinguishes people who, for the most of us, unless you're in Australia or <laughs> on some other very remote part of the world, um, I think, you know, we're, we have enough convenient options for travel where we're in a very similar situation to everybody, even the people who are local. You know, nobody is, no one is coming in here to school to take their tests. We're all doing it from home. We're all dealing with a full workload. I'd say the only thing that is probably distinguishing is if you are traveling from out of town, um, you are like, and you need to be physically close to your work to do something. There's just one. It's harder to do any kind of work, you know, remote work. For me, in my work, I can't do any remote work. So it's kind of like, if I'm not there, I can't do work anyway. But I know the further away you are from your work, the more difficult it is to have. You know, it's it's one less degree of flexibility. Um, but I, you know, I think it's, it seems fairly manageable. Uh, I think most people, their employers, have been pretty understanding about that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I, I'd echo, too, that communication is the really important thing and, and to learn what kind of works for you and adapt as you go. So what I do is on Friday morning, I work remotely from the train and uh, very open with my employer, and they're very, very understanding about it. But as I've gone along, I found out that there's one specific spot on the on the way in where I lose signal. <laughs> so I have to be sure not to schedule any uh, phone calls or conference calls at that time. But there, everyone's been very flexible. And then usually on my way back from school is a great time for me to really focus in on homework. So it works out well for me. All right. And uh, what about your experience with teammates, right? So being outside of the Ann Arbor area, do you see any sort of difference or difficulties that you have to overcome in meeting with your teams? I haven't. We, I've noticed, too, I'm, the team that I'm on this term loves to video conference during mm-hmm. our calls. So that's kind of a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that as much first term, but it's, it's nice because then you really feel like you're there and you know no one's multitasking and... Um, it's nice. I've never had a problem, especially now with like Google Docs. You can work on things so collaboratively from far away. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I have had no such issues. Like, you know, people who live very close by in the Detroit area, they are also on the Google Hangout anyway. So it doesn't really matter where I am as long as we are on the same Hangout discussing. And if there is a, you know, video session going on, it just gives more personal touch. Yeah. I mean, last semester we had. I think out of our team, Anisha, um, Brian, and me were constantly traveling, right? 
So we'd all, all three of us would be video conferencing from a hotel. And so <laughs> we just have to manage time zones. And Brian used to be in Seattle, so he was in a different time zone. So we just, communication was the key and making it happen. But it worked out great, though. I even had a case where one weekend I couldn't, actually I couldn't come out uh, for one of the class weekends. And it was during like one of the final, one of the last few weeks of MAP. So we had like six hours blocked out during the day for just team meetings, but I just skyped in. You know, they had you know that video camp or video conference available in the, one of the rooms. I just was essentially. I mean, it's not great, obviously. If you can be in the room, it's obviously better for collaboration. Mm-hmm. But I was there. You know, I was in on the meeting the whole time. I was able to have the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the you know, one of the pluses. Of most of the, most of the rooms, I'd say, have that capability. Or if not, somebody can pull up their laptop and you know you're you're there, a talking head. Um, but I was like, yeah, like you said, like you said uh, look, it's, it's just like we're all, we're not all, like very rarely will we all be in the same room working on stuff together. We're all on, you know, some sort of remote communication anyway. So that makes the distances a lot shorter. So it's almost irrelevant how far away we are as long as we have that, you know, that connection available. And I've noticed we've gotten better with this, with, you know, just working from long distances with each other. I, at least I've seen like a difference. First semester we were, all of us were local and we just like try to meet up every opportunity we get to try and do something and then gradually we kind of got away from that and became more and more effective at it. Yeah, as somebody who's uh, somewhat local, uh, I I don't think any of my teams ever really tried to meet up except for during MAP. I think that was mm. the one time where we really tried to go out of our way to meet. Yeah. And similar to what Steve was saying, one of our team members Actually, you know, his wife is expecting, and so he had to be over there. And um, and then another team member who's actually local, somewhat local in Auburn Hills, he used to Skype in, and it was really funny because it was very tiring. It was late at night, and so he'd be half lying in bed, and we're all, like, envious because all of our study rooms have that big monitor, and we're all staring at him <laughs> lying down as we're <laughs> trying to come up with our solution. But, yeah, it's, it's fun. And uh, the first team that I was ever on, I think one of our uh, team members were in Houston, Texas, another in Florida, and then the, I think the rest, the three of us, were actually here in Michigan, but we never actually met in person. It was always typically through Hangouts. So. Mm-hmm. Def, definitely doable. Now, everybody here is pursuing their MBA. I mean, what are your motivations for, for pursuing an MBA? What are your potential post-MBA plans? So we're kind of, we are currently in the midst of uh, full-time recruiting season. Um, in the early stages for the first year, it's just like the you know, early stages of internship recruiting. Um, so, you know, we're kind of in the thick of it right now. It's not interesting you ask that. So we're doing... For me personally, I'm trying to you know, pursue some uh, general management or operations-based um, leadership development programs with a couple companies. Um, doing interviews right now. I have one yesterday. I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting to find out if I made the second round. <laughs> Crossing my fingers. That's right. Um, so that's that's kind of the plan coming out of this. Hopefully, uh, next summer we'll have a you know, new and exciting job in a new and exciting location. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for me personally, like I said, I'm in a very hands-on technical role. So eventually, after I graduate, I would like to pivot uh, myself towards a more leadership role where I can leverage my cross-functional knowledge that I've gained through the uh, <clears throat> MBA program, as well as to some extent at work, I do interact cross-functionally quite a lot. So just want to bring it all together and you know, be in a position where I can make you know, some impactful decisions. Yeah, yeah I mean, in my case, I'm, I'm doing this through my employer. So 
Um, I am looking to pivot within the company. Right now I do highly analytical work under really high pressure, and you're kind of representing the company out on track. So it's, it's really cool, but in terms of growth, I want to be able to solve different kinds of problems, not just the one that I do now. So it was the perfect time and the perfect degree to go get. And yeah, I'm trying to pivot within the company to a broader strategic role. Sounds very similar to my own. <laughs> so I'm in human resources and I'm looking to stay in human resources, so not to pivot. But for me, the MBA program was all about how do I round out my overall business skills so that I can be a better business partner, not necessarily HR in a silo that you sometimes see at companies, but how do I use my HR skills as, as an, a tool to help the business grow rather than HR for the sake of HR. So rounding out my business skills was really important to me. Very cool. And then I know Chris also had his own um, motivations for pursuing an MBA. Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not, uh, I'm not really, uh, committed to doing like having a, this is exactly the path I want, or, um, I think not to say that I'm an exception or anything, but, uh, I feel lucky to really love my job and my current position and I'm not looking for a change, so to speak. Like I'm not thinking, uh, the MBA will help me change industries or, uh, get to a different rung on the, the ladder, but, I'm really looking to just kind of expand my current skill set when I have a good look at um, the sort of um, the people in leadership positions at Verily across Google. Um, I just see that many of them, most of them, have continued their education uh, formally in one way or another. Not all MBAs, right? Many of them uh, with JDs or MDs, especially in our, our field. Um, uh, but I was like, hey, you know, it's... I see it more as they have made the like act the proactive decision to continue their education, and it's that characteristic in them that has made them such great leaders. Maybe not the other way around that like they have this degree and then they got that leadership position. If that makes sense, right? Uh, there's like something in that like, and I feel it too. That kind of like the thirst for formally going a formal education. And I had kind of missed it in the decade or so that I was out of school. Finally, what advice do you have for others who either live outside of Michigan or travel quite a bit for work and are considering enrolling in a part-time MBA? What advice would you have for them? If you can, uh, if you want to go to the school, if you, you know, if it's, a, if the school is a good fit, then do it. Um, if you, uh, I mean, Frankly speaking, if you can afford $130,000 for, for a degree, um, it's kind of almost uh, it's chicken scratch compared to that. You know, the, the, the travel expenses and all that kind of stuff. I think it's worth, it's worth the benefit. Um, it's very, very, don't let the, it might seem like an insurmountable amount of challenge, but it really, really isn't, especially with the modern technology that we have um, to kind of shorten those distances between people. Uh, I would just say go for it. I'd say if you travel a lot for work, this is the ideal program. Yes. If you try to do the every weekend thing, you are not going to be able to do it. There is no way. Like It's going to be extremely hard if you have a variable schedule to try and travel to a third city every weekend. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be possible. But this allows you the flexibility to do both um, and do a good job at work as well as try and come back for class. I would say that too, like speaking to Satish who travels from Boston 
area it was like that was um, the value you know from this program he found that you know it can be done within 2 years because he had probably options at some other schools too but you know the fact that you can do it every other weekend and finish it within 2 years makes this school a really good fit for um, the traveling students right and it's not just like the in person i think the valuable part of our mba is that it's you've got the in class sessions but then you do have that 30% that you need to be making sure that you're up on on the online portion of the of the class Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think this don't be intimidated by the travel would be my number one. This program's very well set up for it. So do some research, don't be afraid to talk to your employer to see if they can be flexible. And just, you know, as you as you go about the commutes, be adaptable to what makes sense for you. And for anyone considering the online MBA, take heed of the following advice direct from Chris. an individual in the inaugural cohort of the online MBA. I know everyone comes from a different uh experience and comes with their own like experience and um like reasons for wanting to pursue an MBA program, right? Um I would say that um the online program and just like the MBA is not necessarily for everyone, right? You have to um there are some trade-offs to doing the online program. It's uh to our conversation about the um the happy hours that you miss and like building that network it it's just harder to do certainly um but with that trade comes more flexibility in your own life uh being a father being a full-time employee living outside of Michigan and having the opportunity to be a part of the school and um this program i think is um, a good trade off for me Um I will say if your concern is that the material won't be rich enough and you won't be getting the academic education that you were looking for uh in the full time and this is to be taken with the grain of salt that I'm not in the full time program I feel like I'm getting my time and my like so called money's worth uh by being in the online program I'm learning um so much and I really am enjoying the format Okay, with that, Steve, Shriram, Alok, Mara, thank you so much for spending your dinner break with us. And Chris, thank you for taking the time to provide your invaluable insight into the online MBA. It was quite educational for me as well because I know that we used to talk a lot about what, you know, Ross offering an online MBA was actually going to be like, and it's really it makes me that much prouder actually from going I don't know anything about the online program to wow Ross has really put a lot of thought time and effort into it and I know our panelists are going to be so curious to hear what it is that you shared so once this goes live they'll probably be listening in um and we we do wish that you had been here to enjoy the Zingerman's food that we're actually having for dinner but so um <laughs> but uh as Chris has already mentioned in this podcast he's already had it before so um he knows what he's missing so I've done this thing twice it's real I'm just in for the food guys <laughs> that's why we have this podcast right <laughs> All right, I hope our listeners, especially those who find themselves in the same predicament, find the experiences shared insightful. During our next episode, we will be discussing career paths to the MBA that aren't as typical. Now, what do I mean? I won't give it all away, but one of our guests and fellow classmates is a physician simultaneously completing a residency program. I imagine the experience will prove useful to anyone who thinks that their non-traditional background will hold them back from completing their MBA right here at Ross successfully. 
so we do hope you join us. Working for the Weekend is brought to you by the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. Executive producers are me, Mawa Mustafa, Suraj Kandakuri, and Bob Needham. Jonah Brockman helped with editing on today's episode. Thanks again to all of our guests, and thank you for listening. Okay, now, got to run to class. See you all next time on Working for the Weekend. Are you okay? Yay! I, I took that literally for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs>